Hey, this is Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshavah podcast series brought to you by Yisod Blocks. If you're enjoying this content and you want to get access to the bigger picture of all of these ideas, you can head over to yisodblocks.com where you can subscribe and join our growing community, support what we're doing at the same time. And all these ideas that we're sharing in this series are about trying to reveal the underlying spiritual and Kabbalah principles that are essentially just the doorway to Hashem uh, through the halachic practice, through the the more practical expression of those spiritual concepts. And that's actually something which uh, I've been getting tons and tons and tons of text messages and WhatsApps through the website, through yesoblocks.com. We have a WhatsApp link there where you can literally WhatsApp me too directly to my phone. Um, and I get questions on that platform every single day. And the main question I've been getting the last few weeks has been, how do I make this stuff real? How do I actually... Uh, access Hashem fully and make it this is not just like some kind of religion dogmatic set of things that we have to eventually hope that one day maybe we'll actually get some kind of spiritual result the idea here is that all of these things all questions have answers all of these ideas there's there are ways to do these things there are mechanics to it uh, there's a the, the whole process that we're here to accomplish in the world as members of B'nai Israel can all be achieved and these are not just like pie-in-the-sky ideas in the Torah, nice Tvar Torahs that we kind of get and hear and say all the time, but instead there's actually a method, a system, a structure to all of this, and that is the whole point of YesoBlocks.com and this series. So if you've been listening for a while and you're not sure, if you're on the fence, head over there and join us today so you can actually really get access to these ideas properly and also support what we're doing if you think this is something which is changing the world, which we are definitely uh, trying to do that. Um, so this episode, we're continuing with the halachos in Siman Nun Gimel, section 53. Then the halacha that we're up to is halacha hey. And this halacha is like all the ones in this Siman and this section are about the shaliach tzibur, the leader of the group tefillah experience that we call tefillah b'tzibur, a group of people that are trying to engage in consciousness alignment processes uh, in, in a way that allows them to feed off of each other. Because each of us, uh, is only a partial slice of reality, and especially when you're looking at the models of the Torah, if you have a male setup, a masculine body, uh, so then the particularities of the blockages that we have as males is somewhat different and more dense than the ones that the, that those who have a female setup actually have. And so in halacha, the, uh, the solution to blockages that are more intense like that is to couple people together, to group people together into groups of 10, minimally a group of 10, that then can compensate each one, each fragment, each partial uh, perspective, each, each setup of the body's tools that are, each one is partial with a particular amount and let's if we if we look at the at the tools as having 10 components so then each one each of the uh, males that are in the group that we call a minyan has a particular uh, amount of each of those 10 components and then by combining 10 different ones you basically create a complementary structure where everybody can then uh, work together to feed off each other's differences and then create a greater um, a greater tefillah experience for each of us as an individual. So that's what we're trying to do with this Tfilibatsiwa process. We're not getting together for social interaction. We're not getting together so we can see our friends. We're not getting together because it creates peer pressure so we all daven with a minion and thus fulfill the halacha. We are getting together in order to accomplish that higher state of tefillah that is embedded within this uh, this setup, this structure that we have from Chazal. 
Uh, and so that's the halachos here is that it is all all about that group. And then you have to have one person who is the leader of the group. That's called the chazan, shliach tibor. He is the visionary who leads us. And he's supposed to have a specifically uh, a higher status or a higher a higher uh, um, development, let's say. He, in other words, the person who leads, who's the visionary for the group, ideally we want, we want them to be somebody who everybody looks to uh, and can connect with easily and has a good relationship with as a result or or can connect to because they have a good relationship with the person leading. And also somebody who has depth and, and clarity and Torah perceptions. And that way, when you look towards them during the tefillah process, you can actually trust that the things that they're thinking and saying uh, are are true and are deep, and they know what they're what the, what the words mean, and they know what they're they know what, what what what's going on inside of themselves, and they have a way to use the words they're saying to activate those inner areas and those inner dynamics through the the words of the sidur. And when you look to to them as the leader during that that tefillah experience, you can actually be directed yourself through them. Uh, you can say, oh, wow, that, that's what he's probably doing. Forget, even, forget wow, just like in a very basic way, just looking to somebody who you know is doing that and then feeling yourself being pulled to do the same to deepen your own understanding, your own saying, that your own recitation of what it is that you're saying from the Sidur. That's the idea of having this chazan who has the chazon, the vision, to do that. So in Halacha hey, what it says is, if we can't find, if we can't find a person who has all these positive traits that were mentioned in the previous Halacha, a good voice and uh, acceptable, like accepted by everybody, someone who has only a good reputation, everybody loves them, they know how to read, they're good, they're good at, at reading Hebrew, good at reading the Torah, they, they, they can do all those things. If you can't find someone like that, Yivcharu hatov shabat sibur. You should try to pick the best person in the group. Bechachma uvemasim tovim. In terms of their chachma, their basic, their knowledge, their their wisdom. Chachma um, here means like their their understanding of, of the world, of reality. Someone who really understands things well. Uvemasim tovim, and who's also someone who does good things in the world, because there are of course many people who are very wise and knowledgeable, but don't really do much with that. They don't necessarily make any change happen in the world. They sort of, and that's true. But whether you're a part of Bnei Israel or you're somebody who is um, not related to the family, you're not you're not a Jewish person. Um, but still, there's plenty of people who are very philosophical, very thought oriented, but they don't really do much to actualize that. And then uh, you have people who also do a lot of things, but they might not be very wise. They might do good things, and that's great. But they might not be people who are very wise uh, in what it is that they're that they are that they're doing. So that's what we're supposed to try to do. Try to find someone who is the best we can get with those two criteria. Someone who is theoretically on a deep level, on a on a on a thought level, they know, they understand, and also and someone who also knows how to take who also takes action, actualize that. That that means that we have the highest probability of the person being um, a full stack because in in the, in the Torah structure, so you're basically uh, you you as a, as a self as a neshama. You are an intangible self that is not in the world. You are not a physical being. You are completely without any definitions, uh, an immortal, intangible, immeasurable self. And then you essentially are trancing yourself through a series of layers, which is the world of your perception, your thought, your emotion, and then ultimately your physiology and your body into the world. So that whole that whole stack is called hishtalshalut. It's like the the process of translation of the self from the top, from the intangible to the bottom, all the way to the most tangible, to the what's called the olam tachtonim, the lowest space, the world that we live in, olam ha'asiyah, which is the practical world that we're that we, within which we live. So that's actually you experience that constantly. You are you know that you are someone, that you are something that is beyond, and then you are manifest as a physical phenomenon in the world. Um, so. We're trying to find somebody who at least has a, a, a relatively developed 
stack of those things. That if you have the chachma, the understanding of the world, and you have the action, that means that that you know your 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 emotional state, your thought state, your perceptual state are all relatively developed or somewhat developed at least. So that way, you actually you actualize from the from the from the theoretical all the way into the practical, from the intangible all the way to the physical. So that's the idea of that particular recommendation. That's why you should look for him. Then the Ashkenazi post like writes, Hagav, im hayakan ama aretz v'zakein. Let's say you had a person who was not knowledgeable, did not have these things, and he, but he, and he was older. He was an older person. The kolo na'im, and he has a very, very beautiful voice. Ve'am chafetzimbo, and the people want him to be the, the chazan, the leader. And in contrast to him, you have another person, uven yud gimel shana, you have a 13-year-old, Hamevin Mashomer, who understands the words that he's saying, Vein Kolonaim, he doesn't have a great voice. Hakatan Hu Kodem, that child is the one who actually has precedence, he has priority. And the reason for that is, as we already mentioned earlier, the whole idea of tefillah, in, as, both in the group setting and more generally, is that you're supposed to be using the words that you're saying to create a cascade of thoughts inside of your your thought space, the world of Bina, and that actually then filters upward and downward. You basically create uh, a, a cascade that impacts your perceptions that are above your thought. The more types of thoughts, that you, when you think thoughts in a particular area, it really impacts your perceptions. It begins to bring certain perceptions forward, and other perceptions are pushed more into the background, which is the Das Tov dynamic from the Yitzhadas, the distorting tree of knowledge of good and evil. So when you actually think certain kinds of thoughts, it brings perceptions that are related to those thoughts and reinforces them. It brings them more prominently inside of your perceptual landscape. And so that's what we want you to do. We want you to actually think thoughts that are more true and then bring perceptions that are more true forward in your perceptual landscape and also uh, have you um, let those thoughts trickle into your emotional convictions and actually manifest in terms of how you feel as well. So here this halacha is telling us well, people might like the voice of a person who is this older person in the example who has more experience and they want him to be the chazan because they like how he sings and they like and and you know he's a person who's known to be an older person in the community. Um, but since the younger person, the thirteen year old is the one who actually understands the words he's saying and, and speaks the language, so he actually has precedence, and that makes a lot of sense because uh, the, the and this is unfortunately very true. I've been in in many places where this is not really practiced. Um, where you have a situation where people are simply not no longer attuned to these underlying um, factors of what's actually significant in tefillah. I mean, if you compare those two things, right, a person has a nice voice and who's more experienced, I mean, this is really just a politics issue inside of a shul where you basically have people are like, well, that's, that, you know, he's older, he's, he's been here for a long time, he has a nice voice, like, and that just wins because that's what people are drawn to superficially. And, and unfortunately today, and already for many centuries, people have been very detached from what the purpose of tefillah even is and how to achieve that purpose. So it's kind of just viewed as, well, anyway, we slice it, whether we have a person with a good voice or a bad voice, no one really knows what they're saying. These words, people don't really know what they mean. And even if you know what they mean a little bit because you speak some Hebrew, the activation of the of the full range of who you are on the neshama level is not going to really be achieved because the meaning of the words on a deeper level is also not accessed. I mean, just to use an example, the word baruch is a word that is a key word in activation of, of consciousness processes during tefillah, but it's often just, you know, it just kind of means blessed in people's minds. So even if they have a translation for that, using an art scroll translation or something like that, it doesn't actually do something. It's kind of like, you know, if you are in a relationship with somebody and they say, pass the salt versus versus the hearing them for the first time say, I love you, those are clearly two very different experiences. 
and, and different words have different meanings, and those meanings have different implications, and those implications have different significance to, to each of us as we experience them. And so, you know, the word Baruch, when we translate the words in the, in, using an art scroll or some kind of other translation of a Sidur, so often all the words are just kind of like the same amount of significance. It's like, well, these are, I'm just saying them in English now instead of Hebrew, but they don't really mean more. But what if I told you the word Baruch actually means that now you can open your mind to be more receptive uh, to Hashem's presence uh, in the context of your ongoing experience of life. I mean, we can make that less less intense sounding by just directing you towards your own experience with other people in your life. I mean, one of the biggest flaws, struggles that we have as individuals in relationships is that when we talk to somebody else, we often get very caught up in our own thoughts, our own ideas, and they're talking to us. We don't always listen to them so clearly, and instead, we just end up listening to ourselves. We listen, we listen to them only in order to answer, to argue, to respond, instead of trying to really receive what they're saying and learn from it and then let it go deeply into our own minds. And so that that's a lack of awareness of the presence of the other self to some degree. It's that we're not actually really fully aware of them. It's a lack of yira. It's a lack of awareness that there's really someone else here to the degree that there, that there is and to the, to, the, to the level of significance that it really uh, entails. And so that's all what the word baruch means. And you say when, when the, the, idea, the dynamic of baruch is that I'm now going to focus on you more and there's going to be more awareness of you inside of my mind and I'm going to actually receive your presence in that way so I can then more fully um, experience you. And you do that with another person, I mean, it'll change the kinds of thoughts that you'll have. Because instead of thinking your own thoughts, which is what we're most comfortable thinking, you'll suddenly start to think their thoughts. And then your mind can actually change. You can evolve what it is that you think about. You can evolve the kinds of thoughts that you're having. Instead of just thinking in a habituated way, you can suddenly start to think things in a more in a new way, in a way that you never thought. And your mind can suddenly explore unfamiliar paths. And that's exactly what we're trying to do by being more receptive to the people around us. It's also true with Hashem. What we're trying to do when we do tefillah is we're trying to access thoughts that we're not used to having and then actually really receiving them and letting them sink in. So if I tell you something wild, like, you know, one day we're going to figure out a way to cure death and there will no longer be death. And not only, not only will we f- figure out a way to cure death, we'll also figure out a way to bring back people who have died. In other words, to bring consciousness that has been locked out of the world because it, the carriage body has stopped functioning, we'll be able to relocate that and then reattach it to a new body, a new antenna, so it can manifest in the world again. If I told you that, and I, and I started to show you the research, and I said, yeah, this is actually going to happen in two weeks from now, so you know what that would do to your attention span? You would suddenly be very hyper-focused on that. You would bring all your attention to bear on that thing, and you would then open your mind to receiving all the ideas, because it's like, you know what the implications of that are? I mean, personally, emotionally, financially, I mean, the things that would change about the world are, are, are mind-blowing. And so when you actually receive those thoughts in a real way and you bring your attention to them and then let them sink in, that is all, you're, you're expanding the awareness of the presence of, in that case, you know, of the, of the idea. Um, and when you do that with Hashem, who's the source of that idea, and that's why we say that three times a day in Shemona Esrei, that Hashem is going to bring uh, the dead back to life and that there will no longer be disease and all these things. So like, that's actually something which when you let that really sink in, and actually really think that thought, it will completely rewire your mind. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about essentially opening our minds to become rewired through the absorption of thoughts and ideas into the thought space that we generally do not think about in a serious way. And so that's all embedded in the word Baruch. When you say Baruch Hashem, you're basically saying, let there be more you, Hashem, in the way that I just described. Then the last three minutes of this episode are a cascade of associative thoughts that I'm having that you could have when you say the word Baruch. And then, so you can actually think those things. You can say, okay, Baruch Hatashem. You could pause and say, okay, Baruch. 
more Hashem presence with all of the implications that that entails, and then just let your mind fly with those implications instead of like kind of being like, well, God is somebody in the sky over there, and that's it. So you actually let your mind dwell on what these things really mean and, and what they imply, and what and what and, and let that all flow out into your mind, uh, and then into your into your perceptions, into your thoughts, and then you and into your emotions, and that really will will completely change you as a person. Especially if you do that three times a day, once in the morning when you're reorienting yourself to being in the world once in the middle of the day when you're now trying to take take you know take a pause uh, from the flow of the day where, when we, we get very embedded in our creative activities to actually pause that and actually do this and then once at the end of the day when you're about to enter you know kind of like you're you're signing off the day you're entering the state of unconsciousness of sleep and to sort to, to do that then also and basically to sort of tie the whole day together around those themes i mean just imagine what that would do to your mind if you really had thoughts like that three times a day in a structured way that really led to these, these kinds of cascades, it would completely rewire you. Like you would rewrite, rewrite your entire being. You become so much more powerful, so much more activated, actualized as a person in terms of your relationships with other people, in terms of your, your ability to make change in your life. All those things would be completely launched and catalyzed in a, in a totally different way. So that's what we're talking about here. That's the, the way tefillah could, could actually work when we understand the words. And, and the halacha here minces no words about this. It says you have a child, a young person, a 13-year-old, uh, I shouldn't say a child, but a 13-year-old who has this knowledge, he easily should win over the uh, the older person who has experience but has no knowledge and can't read and but has a nice voice. And that's something which is basically saying, you know, don't trade the social ego dynamic of today, what's called Chayesha'a, the life of the now, uh, for the bigger, ultimate, uh, immortal, endless reality that, that, that exists on the other side, which is called Chaye Olam, endless, immortal life. And when you actually understand where those things are, so who would ever trade that? But in the moment we we're, we get lost, we don't see any of those things. We don't remember those thoughts. We don't even know those thoughts for, in many cases. And then when we have this choice, well, of course, the older person, he's, you know, he has more prestige and more status and it doesn't matter that he doesn't understand the words because who understands the words anyway no one understands them and so that's essentially the idea here that's what this halacha is talking about that's the balance that's supposed to be that we actually understand the words and that that has tremendous value and when we actually really think about what that means and how words have different meanings and different implications in that way uh, bringing that to life that is the goal of tefillah on a bigger scale and when we can access that it changes everything literally it's like you could not have a more catalytic experience than tefillah that's done properly when you go inside yourself and rewrite the script of who you are and how you think i mean that's that is the greatest work you could do to become a better person instead of just you know transmitting all the scripts you got from your trauma and from your parents and your life you can suddenly rewrite all of that and become who you want to be who wouldn't want that we're all looking for that all the time hope that was clarifying and helpful and looking forward to having you join me for the next episode